something a little different this morning is we continue our series, Forgotten Virtues. Um, I want to talk about a virtue that is being lost, if you will, in our culture, really being lost. And it's, and it's sad to, to watch it. And it's, it's servanthood, this idea of servanthood. Now, people in our culture, are, are, I wouldn't say that they are opposed to it or that no one is, is a servant anymore. But if you, if you watch the, 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 the progression here of our culture, what you're seeing is that people are kind of abdicating their responsibility when it comes to taking care of others. Everybody thinks that you should help the poor and the needy and your neighbor and the people around you. And those are important things. But the idea that we seem to have in our culture more now is, you know, let's get someone else to do it if we can if we can redistribute the wealth let's take it from over here let's take someone else's wealth and give it over here if we could just do that that'll solve the problem and that's not really the biblical definition though of servanthood a servant is really not interested in just letting someone else do the job for them they're not interested in just letting someone else serve if you will they want to give of their own time. They're not, it's not just about what can the community as a whole in general do for the needy or what can the government do for the needy. See, it's not the government's responsibility from a biblical standpoint to take care of those in need. It's the church's responsibility. It's the individual's responsibility to be a servant, to have a servanthood attitude and to invest in the lives of other people. And what's happened is that's kind of changing where people are saying, well, it's their responsibility or their responsibility. And a servant, a true servant is saying, no, it is my time that I'm willing to sacrifice. I'm willing to give up my own time and I'm willing to give up my own wealth and my own resources, not someone else's in order to make sure that the people who are hurting for whatever reason it may be, whatever circumstance they find themselves in, it is my responsibility to help those in need. In Psalm 41, verses 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the one who considers the poor. And then it goes on to say, In in the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give up to the will of his, give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. In Proverbs chapter 31, verses 8 and 9, it says, Open your mouth to, for the mute. Oh, that's talking to us. Open your mouth. Speak for them, for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth. Judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to celebrate how our church has been living those things out, those verses in Proverbs and in Psalms. I want to celebrate together with you what God has been doing within our church and how we've been trying to walk in the footsteps of our Lord Jesus Christ as the body, as individuals, but as the entire body of Christ. I want to celebrate how we've been trying to become more like Jesus Christ because Jesus is the very definition of, of a selfless servant. He's the definition. Do you want to be more of a servant? Do you want to have a servanthood attitude? He is the one we need to follow. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, Jesus said this, 
For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ, the King of the universe, comes down to earth and he takes on the very nature of a servant. In Philippians chapter 1 and verse 4, Paul wrote these, this, each of you should be concerned not only about your own interests, but also the interests of others. Not focus just on yourself, but focusing on the people around you, investing in the lives of the people around you. And that's our responsibility. That's our individual responsibility. So let me go down a little further. What exactly is servanthood? What is servanthood? Servanthood is the condition or the quality of the one who's living a life of service, being a servant, that condition or that quality. A servant is willing to give of themselves for the sake of others, willing to sacrifice themselves for the needs of those around them. Their attitude is not self-focused, but outwardly focused. The Christian is to submit themselves to those who are around them, the people who are around them, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a servant-like submission. It sounds funny, but even if you're in a position of power and authority, you are to serve those who are around you. If you're the president of your company, if you're the manager of whatever you're managing, you are still a servant of those around you. Sure, you have that authority, but you should be thinking of others and how you can serve them. So a servant is willing to submit themselves to those around them. And as a believer in Jesus Christ, first we submit ourselves to God, right? That's the first thing we do. We have to submit ourselves under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So first to God, and then there needs to be a willingness to meet the felt needs of other people. What are the felt needs? Well, sometimes they're hungry. Sometimes they're thirsty. You drill wells. Sometimes they, they are, they're emotionally damaged in some way and you invest in their lives. You're meeting the felt needs, whatever the felt needs are. And it doesn't have to be all around in different parts of the world outside of the United States. It could be the person sitting right next to you. The person right next to you has felt needs. Things going on in their lives where they need someone to invest in them, to love them, to encourage them. So that's the, that's the attitude. It's really a sermon is no longer focused on themselves. It's not all about me. It's not just about me and my needs and what's going on in my life, what I want and what I need. That's not really the attitude of a servant. A servant is not motivated by self-love or just the praise of other people. Praise me. Me, me, what are you saying about me? How can you encourage me? They're not motivated by just self-love and the encouragement of other people. Nothing wrong with loving yourself. There's nothing wrong with other people praising you. But that's not their true motivation. But they're motivated by their love for Jesus Christ first and foremost. Their love for Christ is above and beyond everything else. And because of their deep and abiding love for Jesus Christ, they are then motivated, motivated to be a servant, to have a selfless servanthood heart toward other people. There's a selfless sacrifice that goes on when it comes to other people. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. That's what really what we're going we're to talk about in different ways this morning. 
What I don't want to do, honestly, and I don't want to, to motivate you this morning to, to be a servant, to be more of a servant or serve more. I'll, you know what? What I want to do this morning is I want to celebrate what we've been doing over the past year or so. Now, we've been doing it for, since we started the church. It's, our, it's part of our DNA to really reach out and impact the lives of people around the world and our own community and our, our nation. But this morning, I don't really want to motivate you to serve more. I want to celebrate what God has been doing through this church and through this body. So that's really the heart behind it all. So we're going to, we're going to do some more worship. We're going to show some videos. We're going to have some testimonies. And we're going to celebrate what God has been doing within the church here at Grace Chapel. Why don't you guys uh, stand with us? We're going to do a couple more. Um, I love about the first song we played there, Break My Heart for What Breaks Yours. And that's really what it's all about. We said first we're submissive to Jesus Christ and that, that that's our goal to become more like Christ. And our hearts need to break for what breaks his. And what, what breaks God's heart so much of the time is the fact that there are people who are in desperate need. One of the things I want to give you a quick update on is, you know, we, we, um, when we first started the church, one of the first things we did was to go to Nigeria and establish a ministry in Nigeria. And we still have back-to-back staff in Nigeria now. We have uh, self-sustaining enterprises still active in Nigeria. Uh, we have people there. So Nigeria is still going strong. It's much more difficult right now to get there because of all that. There's, there's terrorist bombings there sometimes. So it's much more difficult to get people there. But we as a church and back-to-back ministries and self-sustaining enterprises have continued to push that forward and make sure that Nigeria doesn't kind of fall off the map, if you will, off our radar, if you will. And so recently what we've done is we've sent some um, fertilizer there. We have about 90 acres, and we wanted to make sure that, that those acres were fertilized and the people in the Kisiyot village where we serve can actually use that land. So we sent the fertilizer over there, and we also did, throw the, the, the uh, picture, uh, years, a few years ago we sent a tractor over there because in Nigeria they're really still using, for the most part, they're using just manual labor to, to, to plow up their fields. That's a lot of work. And so after we sent the, uh, the resources there for the fertilizer, we also sent enough money to fix the tractor because it ha- wasn't working to fix the tractor that we sent over. And now they're able to use the tractor to plow up that field. The other thing that's exciting there is we started our HOPE program. Back to Back has a HOPE program where you, spon- you can sponsor a child and they can basically go to get educated. That's happening in Nigeria as well. So Nigeria is still moving forward and we will continue to move it forward regardless of the stress and the pressure that is on the Christians there um, from the extremists that are all around them. That's still happening. Something else we did this summer was that we went to Mexico. We've been going to Mexico for years, for, for years and years. And our high school students got a chance to go back to Mexico and to, and to really... Um, um, to just experience that once again. We took a, a, a large group of students down there. So what I'd like to do is show you a video and then have some of the students come up and kind of share how God has impacted their lives. Let's do that. Awesome. Well, like uh, Jeff said, we got the opportunity to go to Monterey, Mexico this summer. Um, and it was just an awesome, awesome trip. So um, I'm going to go ahead and turn over to these ladies because they have a lot of really cool things to share. Um, but I want to start with this question. How did serving in Monterey, Mexico this year influence your walk with Christ? Um, before Mexico, before I went, I um, didn't have a very strong group of friends who were very like focused on faith. Um, and when I was going to Mexico, didn't, I didn't really know anybody when I went. 
and was kind of, was a nervous wreck going, and I kind of followed a couple of girls around, knew a couple knew of them, and um, they really accepted me, and we've become really close friends. I have a really strong group of friends now that went to Mexico, and like we hang out all the time, and also when um, go when I before Mexico, I um, was kind of going through the motions in my faith, kind of just um, comparing myself to other people and how they're doing in their faith, and I'm doing better than them, so I'm okay, and I don't have to do this. And in Mexico, I had a realization one night that um, I wasn't doing enough, and I wasn't really searching for Christ like I should be and finding a relationship with him. And so since Mexico, I've... um, grown in my relationship with Christ and yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. Before I went on this trip, anyone who knew the re- who knew me really well knew that I was a very angry person, that I was in a dark place and I felt alone most of the time, and I pushed many people away. I went into the trip knowing one person and came out knowing several on very deep levels. I didn't expect to build I didn't expect to build great relationships with so many amazing people. I built a community with many of those people, and I'm so blessed to continue hanging out with them. (coughs) When we were serving, I couldn't help but continuously smile and feel God's presence in everything we did. Getting to work with those kids was life-changing. Then when we read and prayed about what each kid was struggling with, it was shocking and inspiring because each kid, even though they struggled with so much, they were always smiling. Each kid truly inspired me, and God was truly speaking to me on the trip. And I didn't realize it until I got to know the kids. Even though I spoke like zero Spanish after taking it for three years, I was still able to connect and communicate with the kids. Another time when I felt God's presence was on worship night, this time in English. I felt God pulling at my heart and telling me that serving these kids is what I should be doing with my life. The trip changed me for the better, and I am incredibly grateful that I got to experience the trip alongside so many beautifully inspiring people. So before I went on to the Mexico trip, I was always a person who, if you mentioned God or said God did something in your life, I would tune you out. Um, Now I won't do that because he's done stuff in my life. (laughs) Um, So going on to the Mexico trip, I didn't really know many people, and I didn't really think anything would happen in my life, uh, and I didn't really care because I was just going for the kids and I wanted to help them. Um, then one night, there was a question that was asked, um, and it, it was, what lie is Satan telling you? And I immediately thought that, uh, no one cared. And because I thought no one cared, I didn't want to share that with anybody, so I, I didn't answer, uh, which I regretted, and (laughs) I... Um, then yelled at God for making me this way. Um, But later on in that trip, he showed me people that actually truly cared about me. And eventually, like the last day or something, we went to go pray for the kids. Um, And I saw a lot of them were the same way. They feel like people didn't care about them. So when I did pray for them, it was from the heart. Um, And so since I've been back, I've been trying to 
I guess, bring God into my life, and my dad and a bunch of other people have been helping me out with that. And, yeah. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I have to say it was like super impossible um, to pick three students, only three um, out of the group that came because um, I was just so encouraged uh, just by the way they approached the trip uh, with an open heart and an open hand, willing to accept anything that God was going to um, teach them and bring um, to them. And they just uh, really kicked butt the whole week, worked really, really hard. <laughs> and yeah, just for, it was so, so great. So really appreciate you guys. And let me say this too. The the great. Well, first off, you know, you know how difficult difficult it is to stand up here and uh, and to and to talk, right? I mean, it's really, really. So give him another hand for that for sure. The the number one the number one fear in the world is public speaking. So you'd rather be at a at a funeral. You'd rather be in the in the coffin than actually getting up doing the eulogy. If you think about it, because it's it's not that it's public speaking. So you guys did a phenomenal job doing this. And the other great thing about what I saw um, on this trip, and then when we got home, it's when we got home. These these guys didn't scatter into a bunch of individuals. They stayed together. And they a couple of things. Number one, they're, they're, they built impact groups that are actually functioning now. Uh, impact group is a group of like-minded students within a school um, or just a group of like-minded students because some of yours are in different schools. So we've got three new impact groups started from the students. Many, many of the students that went on that trip and many that were still here that couldn't go have joined in. Um, but not only have they... Um, have they built those impact groups and stayed together to reach out to their friends and minister and serve their friends in their school. But they've also spent a lot of the summer going up to the African village. Um, and we'll show that in a couple of minutes. But they've also gone up there multiple times to invest their lives and continue to serve there uh, and build that vision that we have for the African village that we talked about actually last year in Mexico. So these guys have been a part of this for a couple of years. So it's been dynamic and exciting for me to see their lives transformed, not only in Mexico, but how that translated back at home. And I'm sure I know for a fact your parents have seen it as well. That's one of the reasons we picked you guys, because we've talked, you guys have talked to us about how God has transformed your life. And, and other parents have not just about you guys, but have said, wow, what happened on that trip? So that was really, really exciting. So anything else? Anything uh, else? One last thing. If um, tomorrow night, tomorrow evening from 4 to 8 o'clock is the Chick-fil-A um, Spirit Night for Steve and Christy Ross. They are missionaries in Monterey, Mexico, which is always so much fun because when we go down there, it's like, uh, you know, big reunion celebration. We get to celebrate with them. But um, anyway, tomorrow they have a spirit night, um, and so I know a lot of us um, who went to Monterey will be there and love to chat and talk more about our trip if you'd like to, uh, but it's a great time to connect with Steve and Christy and uh, be able to hear about um, the ongoing ministry down in Monterey, Mexico as and well. And that raises so money for them, right? It they does, get, yes. Yeah, the thing is 15%. So we don't just get together eat Chick-fil-A. They actually exactly. get some money from they this. They do so. actually get some money for the support, <laughs> too, which is awesome, so they can keep on uh, working and ministering to the kids down in Monterey. Awesome. Cool. Awesome, awesome. Okay, as they're, as they're going down here, we also spent some time in, in Haiti this year. Um, Haiti was, to me, I've never been to Haiti before, and so when I went down there, it reminded me so much of Africa, but it's not 17 hours away. It's a little bit closer, so more people can actually get there. 
Um, and Haiti was a dynamic place. So, so much potential, so much opportunity there to truly impact people's lives. And so we were able to go to Haiti and invest in lives there. We have a missions facility that there now through back to back. So, uh, there'll be, there'll be trips coming up. So any of these trips you'd like to be a part of, just make sure you call the church office. But let me show you a video of Haiti. Yes, 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 yes. You know, as I was watching that, I was thinking uh, in the next few months, we have groups going back to Monterey, to India, to Haiti. Over the next like two or three months, groups, small groups of people within the church are really going probably, you know, all over the world again. And so I want to continue to encourage if you've seen something, you're like, boy, this is really pulling on my heartstrings. I'd like to be a part of that. Make sure you connect with uh, with uh, the office and we'll make sure we put you in charge in touch with the right person. See, here's the other thing I love. Um, in, in our church, this is a very, um, I think, innovative place. And we come up with these different visions and ideas. And one of the things we were, we've been talking about for about a year was this African village. It came up last year during our, our Monterey, Mexico trip. That was when we really started, really started talking about it. Um, I love the fact that we can talk about these things, and then when people say, wow, that's never going to happen, or, you know, what are you going to do? And then it becomes a reality. And there are people within this church, and Kevin is one of them. Why don't you come up, Kevin? Um, And then Aaron, where's Aaron? There he is. Aaron and Kevin have come up. They're going to talk about the African village, which is a part of our our global impact experience. We're calling it the global impact experience, and the African village is the first of those global impact experiences. So these guys are going to come and just share with you kind of the update of where where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. What do you need? Kim, did Kim take it with her? Where's that mic? Here you go. Use this one. We had it all worked out. It was right there for you. I don't know where it went. Yeah, it's good over here. Okay. We'll share. We'll share this one. Well, uh, this African Village project has just been uh, very, very uh, energizing to me personally, but uh, exciting for the future of our church. Uh, the, the first two or three months as we were clearing ground, it was a little bit of a hard sell to try to get people excited about going up to this camp and cutting down bushes and you know thinking about what might be. But as uh, structures have started rising out of the ground, if you go up there now, it's, it's actually becoming to look like yeah. an actual little village, which is very, very exciting. You'll see pictures in a video here pretty soon. But uh, I grew up on the mission field. I was born <clears throat> in Kenya and have spent uh, much of my life in short-term mission projects with my parents then and as an adult and, and even even as we speak here at Grace Chapel. And uh, I could talk to you all day long uh, about the value of, of going and short-term missions and being a part of what God does through us when we go. You've already seen that. What God does in us as we go, which you've already seen in a dramatic way this morning. And, uh, and, and my view, our responsibility as Christians to go. But in so many times, it's difficult because these are faraway places. It takes a lot of time. You have to take off work. You have to figure that out. It takes a lot of money. And uh, all of that logistics makes it very difficult for a lot of people to experience. So uh, we're great at what-if thinking around here. <laughs> what if we could recreate that kind of experience here? And so that's what we're doing with this village. And so this is going to be an experience Uh, where you, we, other people from around the country, hopefully, can come and live as if you were living 
in that environment. And so as accurately as we can, we're going to recreate an African village, a self-sustaining little village where visitors will experience what lifestyle is like from what you do during the day, how you're going to get water, how are you going to cook, how are you going to uh, herd your animals and all of the, all of the above. How are we going to live? And just, just as a, hopefully just kind of a shock and awe kind of a thing to, to help us understand that uh, much of the world does not live like we do. I did a little bit of research recently and uh, over half of the occupants of this earth do not have running water. And, uh, and, and so this is becoming a very exciting um, uh, project. Um, not only do we want to have people experience this, but the outcome what comes out on the other end is, is something that we're really, really look forward to. And uh, Aaron, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what our hope and dream f- for this experience for people is going to be. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> I would love to. Um, so we are really excited about uh, this opportunity to give people this experience. For a minute, I want to get an idea. How many in here have been uh, overseas on a trip internationally? If you can raise your hand. That's awesome. And how many have not? Should be the rest. (laughs) (laughs) And how many just don't go anywhere? Yeah. So um, for those of you who have gone overseas and been able to experience lifestyles um, outside the United States, it's extremely impactful. And for me, when we were in Haiti, it was very impactful to see um, the lifestyles that were lived, but also to see how these people experienced God and how they experienced their own servanthood and their own dependency on God. And um, what was extremely impactful when we're talking about this African village is giving people the ability to, like Kevin is saying, experience what life is like without running water, without these comforts that we have. And we are very excited to see what these outcomes could be, and we are definitely hoping that some could be, yes, let's really get involved and let's help and Let's see what we can do to improve Mm -hmm. lifestyles, and that's definitely a part of it. Um, But what is the single focus is we want to show Christ to as many people as we can. And by experiencing other how other lifestyles are depending on God, we can hopefully open up their eyes to who God is and what it truly means to depend on God. And I think if you're going to talk and, and ask questions like, what, is, what does it mean to trust in God and what does it mean to depend on God, you're going to get a completely different answer from someone who lives in the U.S. Mm-hmm. than you will from someone who lives at literally anywhere else in the world. So some of the big objections are, well, it's, you know, it's really expensive or the safety aspect of it. And we're hoping to solve both of those by making it very not expensive and right here in Ohio. Um, so th- it will be very exciting to see all of the things. And Kevin has been doing a great job. Um, with getting those structures built. And you'll see in this video that there's um, really coming together a, uh, a lifestyle um, that could replicate what it is in those other parts of the world. Yeah, and you can be involved. Many of our students have already been involved. Uh, some of you uh, men and women have also been helping, but we'd like more and more as time goes on. Um, Sunday the 23rd, here in a couple of weeks, uh, we're going to do a work day out there, hopefully put a roof on one of the buildings. And uh, so c- see me, call the church office if you'd like to be involved in helping with uh, the African village. Um, uh, you know, our, our ultimate plan, you're going to hear about this. It's not going away. 
uh, they said it can't be done, and we just said, like, okay, watch us. And uh, so it's being done, and it's going to continue probably several years as we get this African village up and running and groups begin to populate that place. Uh, then we want to continue to do a, a Mexican village, a Haitian village, an Indian village, and truly make this a global impact experience to experientially learn um, what, what, what God's world is like. And it's super, super exciting. So um, let's watch this video. God is truly doing some dynamic things within the church, and especially in the, in the youth ministry and the children in the youth ministry, junior high, high school. Um, it's exciting to see the, 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 the vibrant, ex- dynamic hearts of our students willing to go up there on a consistent basis to make this a reality. Now, I know a lot of adults have been involved, obviously, in the African village. But if you, if you talk to Kevin, I'm pretty sure he's going to tell you that most of the time it's the the younger ones who are up there and they're working on this. And I love that. I love that because this gives them, I remember when I was a youth pastor and we were building Monterey, we were down there and a group of students were part of watching that come from right out of the ground. I mean, you know, building it up. And our students have the same opportunity. We have the opportunity to build in Nigeria. And now we have an opportunity to build here 45 minutes away from our home where we can impact the lives of our friends and their, their friends in school and our, our, our jobs, you know, get them. They may, they may not go with you on a mission trip. But they may go 45 minutes away over near Miami University to, to, be, to experience this. And the more exciting thing for me also is that our students, as they get older and, and God calls them to do things, and people say, oh, you can't, well, you can't do that. You can't. They're going to say, what are you joking? And we did more than that when I was in high school. We pulled this off when I was in junior high. That's the attitude we want our students to have, and that's the attitude they're getting. They're bonding together, which is the key to success. They're getting closer together. They see themselves as a unit, as a group, as a ministry, and they see themselves as a dynamic ministry with it that can impact the world, even at their age. And we as adults have to keep feeding that and feeding that and encouraging that. And we need to live that out in front of them. If we want our students to have a servanthood attitude, then we as the adults in this church need to have that same servanthood attitude. And it's really cool that we can sit here this morning and see these videos and see from children all the way through adults getting involved and engaging in ministry. That's what we want to see. So let's just sing one last song as we celebrate this morning. Why don't you guys stand with us? If you, I'm going to say this again, if you saw anything here, you would love to get involved, make sure you call the church office. If you, if you have some resources you want to, uh, to donate, if you, if you work for a company that has materials, because a lot of what we're doing, we're building from just materials we, we can find, we can, someone will donate. So, um, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to skin, a lot of ways to skin a cat. So if you have a company or you have some materials you'd like to donate to help out with the African village or in the future, just let us know. Call the church office. All right. Love you guys. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. God, thank you so, so much for this incredible morning. And God, I pray that every single one of us would just think of ways that we can serve, that we can have that servanthood attitude. Father, let us think beyond the norm and be creative and how we can accomplish all that you have for us. Thank you for that innovative spirit here at Grace Chapel. And God, we want to give you all the praise and all the glory for everything that's happening in this church, whether it's around the world or right here at home, Lord. May you receive all the praise and all the glory for it in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Have a great, great week.